Welcome to Rise Through Style, a podcast for women stepping into their next level selves by styling their lives, businesses, bodies, and closets. I'm Christy Russell, image consultant, CEO, and media style expert. I help women embrace their bodies, take ownership of their desires, and create an authentic style that represents who they are. I'm here to provide you with guidance and inspiration to help you rise to your highest and best self through style. Let's jump in. If you are ready to jump into the fashion industry and are dying to style people, my personal stylist training course is back. This is a 10-week online program where you will learn everything you need to know about being a personal stylist. We will cover how to do wardrobe sessions, personal shopping, how to break down a body type, fabrics to look at, things to be mindful of when styling someone such as their personality style, their energy, their accessories, scale, different style dimensions, all the nitty gritty details that a lot of people don't know that you need to know. We cover everything, including virtual styling, how to go through sessions, things that you need to make a virtual session happen, especially in the new world that we find ourselves in with being completely online nowadays. There is no stone left unturned. We cover everything from pricing business, you name it. So the registration is now open. The early bird pricing ends this upcoming Friday, February the 5th, and the doors close completely on February the 13th for registration. So I will leave the link for that program down below, or you can go to fashiontranslated.com forward slash personal dash stylist dash training to get more information. Okay, now let's dive into today's topic, which is myths about becoming a personal stylist. Now, there are a lot of you out there that have entertained the idea of becoming a personal stylist, and I have had many of you drop into my inbox and DMs asking me these common questions about personal styling that you have been dying to know, so that's why I wanted to put it all in a beautiful little package podcast for you (laughs) to hopefully help you on your journey as well and dispel a few myths that are out there about this industry, because I've been doing this now for 13 years, and I have explored all the different facets of personal styling from, you know, television to uh, writing to working with people online and in person and courses and programs and all the things. So I'm happy to share some of the things that I hear most often and things that I believe to be myths about this industry. Now, the first one, and this probably has to be something I hear all the time about personal styling, is that you make no money. And the reason I want to talk about this one as the first in particular is because this is also something that I believed when I first got into this industry. I went to good old Google and I hit up Google on what personal stylists make in the industry. And I feel like this is so common. You know, a lot of you that are maybe entertaining any new career change might hit up Google and think like, okay, like what can I actually make in this field? Like, is it viable for me? And let me tell you, Google's number was really depressing for me. (laughs) When I started watching other videos about personal styling online, I kept hearing like, oh, you make no money. That's why I switched out of the industry. Like, you know, this, you know, it's so hard. You're broke all the time. And I thought, oh my God, like, is this what I really want to get into? Like, it sounds so freaking hard and I don't want to be broke all the time. Like these were real thoughts that I was spinning. And perhaps this is something that you've been toying with too, thinking like, oh my gosh, like if these are the things that I hear, I don't know if this is right for me. 
And I want to say that that's completely not true. Completely not true. You can set your income as whatever you want it to be as an entrepreneur. And I think a lot of people forget that when you are getting in this industry, especially if you are not with an agency, you are going solo or freelance, you are an entrepreneur. So you are in business. Uh, so welcome, <laughs> but you get to set the tone and you get to set your income and what you put in is what you will get back. And, you know, I, you know, definitely was on the struggle bus for the first couple years as I tried to find my footing in the industry and I had no idea how to run a business, but I'm so happy that now I've definitely crossed over the multiple six figure mark. And it's something that really lights me up is being in this field and talking to other stylists that it doesn't have to be, you know, a feast or famine kind of situation. And one of the things I really had to come back to was the fact that there are like majorly thriving stylists out there. And if they can thrive, then I get to thrive too. And I'm sharing that because you also get to do the same thing. If this is something that you're looking to get into as a career. So I know when I had begun, I actually really and still to this day, really love Rachel Zoe. And I remember I heard, I must've been in a magazine article back in the day, but I had heard that she would charge $10,000 uh, just to meet with someone for a day. And I don't like, I don't know for sure. And I, I don't even recall where I had read that, but I remember using that as like my beacon of light thinking, wow, like that's so amazing. And if she can charge that, and this was before like her line and like all the other stuff that she's now doing, um, and this was sort of like in her beginnings. And I thought, you know, if she gets to do that, then that could be a possibility or, or a light post for me to strive towards in future. And it really came down to focusing on the successful stylists in the industry and other, you know, personal stylists that were in my field that were also doing well and using them as evidence that what I wanted wasn't crazy and that there was possibility in my industry because our brains love to find evidence of the good and bad that we have in our minds. So if you're constantly thinking, oh, I'm going to be broke in this industry. Oh, like I'm never going to make any money. Then that will more than likely be your reality. So I, and I knew that. So that's why I had to focus on possibility expansion. The fact that I got to, you know, have a wildly successful career and get to play with the beautiful clothes and help women feel absolutely phenomenal at the same time. So I've constantly had to reel myself in and still do to this day that, you know, this industry, you get to be successful if you choose to. And that's why I'm sharing this because I feel like a lot of people don't get into this industry, even though it's a calling on their heart because they've heard online everywhere that, you know, you just get to be broke. And I don't think that that's motivating for anybody. No one wants to be the starving artist while doing something that they love. And you do, you get to be divinely compensated and help people with your gifts, your talents, and help them rise to an up-leveled version of themselves. So that's the first myth I wanted to get into. Now, the second one that also kind of piggybacks off what we just talked about is that being a stylist is not hard work. And I want to, you know, say that, of course, you get back what you put in. I, I do truly believe that. So if someone thinks that personal styling or styling of any measure is a fun trip to the mall and then you have nothing to do outside of that, you have a large and brutal awakening coming your way. 
<laughs> now, a lot of things about being a stylist are so much fun and you have the privilege of being in someone's personal space and helping them, you know, level up and bring more possibilities into their life from, you know, changing their style and shifting their perspective and, you know, their outward aesthetic to suit who they are internally. But there's a lot of back-end work that also goes into each and every service that you do. And you also have to think about marketing and you have to think about, you know, accounting and all the other things, again, that go into running a business. So it is not just a cute trip to the mall where you also wear a cute outfit and you play with the pretty clothes. There's a lot of other things that you need to take care of as any entrepreneur needs to do. So there are a lot of things that you also need to consider when getting into this industry. But I will say that it's not all miserable grunt work. You know, they're all part of you doing and sharing your gifts and, you know, living out something that makes you feel really beautiful whilst also making other people feel absolutely freaking incredible and making smarter purchases with their money when they go shopping. So there's a lot of like really beautiful things, but it is work. And when I very first started, you know, I put in a lot more uh, hours in the beginning to really get my feet off the ground. And there's still days where I have like really long days, but I knew that what I got in, you know, the initial work of getting my name out there and, you know, trying to be heard and providing value and information and things that I knew my clients needed, you know, that was a lot of work in the beginning and it's still a lot of work, but it's good fulfilling work. And I'm sharing that because I think a lot of people think like, oh, like the back end can be scary. But again, if this is on your heart, if you think like, oh, like I have such a gift for styling people and I would love to help, you know, other men and women feel fabulous, then follow what's on your heart. Right. But I share it because I think a lot of people are shocked when they're like, oh my gosh, I have all these other things to do. And that's all part of running and being an entrepreneur and running your own business. Now, another myth that I hear, and this one kind of irks me, is that the market or market, sorry, can't talk apparently today, <laughs> that the market is oversaturated. And this one irks me because I feel like, honest to God, this could be applied to every industry that's out there. I mean, people say like life coaching is oversaturated, personal styling's oversaturated, business coaching's oversaturated, the music industry's oversaturated. Honestly, we could look at anything like dentists, doctors, like anything we could look at as quote unquote being oversaturated, right? Real, like realistically. And the thing that I like to share with anyone that's looking or considering getting into this industry is that's just simply not true. There are literally billions of people out there, billions of people out there. It is impossible to think that all of them could be served by a handful of stylists or a few hundreds of stylists, because when I look online, I still see a lot of people that are very poorly dressed <laughs> and still need help. And the reality of the situation is that you, when you get into the industry, you have a, a very specific energy. You have a very specific voice and you will have a very specific style of communicating that will speak to your audience in particular, that will speak to a customer that needs you. So I say things in a very certain way, and that resonates with my clients or my people that listen to my podcast or watch my videos. But there are other people that may not resonate with me and they will find and or work with somebody else. And I think that's beautiful. I don't need to serve everybody. Just like the next stylist down the street doesn't need or can serve everybody. It's just not possible. So every time another stylist enters the industry, I think that's beautiful. There are more women and men being served 
in a way that I could not, or the next person can't. And there's more than enough for everyone. Right. And I think it's all about remembering that again, your energy, your being and your way of doing things, showing your style and whatever capacity that might be is going to light someone up and really speak to them specifically. Uh, as an example of this, when I had first started, I was, I was very much worried about the same thing. And I kind of thought, well, I don't know my voice and you know, my style is a little different from everyone else in that I, I really like colors and, you know, I'm not the most neutral or classic of dressers. And, you know, that really threw me through a loop when I very first started in this industry because I thought, oh my gosh, like, I don't know if people are really going to resonate with me. And now one of the things I hear most from people is how they love that I am not an all neutrals girl and that they love that someone out there wants to talk about color and accessories and all those things. But had I stopped, I would never have heard that. Or if I let my fears, because really that's what it is, let my fears of the market being oversaturated or that there wasn't room for me. If I let that hold me back and I stopped sharing or God, like never even got into this industry 13 years ago, what a shame, you know, what a shame. And so maybe that's you, like maybe you have a different way of styling or maybe you're the stylist that really, you know, wants to do thrifting or vintage, right? Because there's, there's different niche markets for everything. Whatever's on your heart, I promise you there are people out there that are dying to hear the information that you have or the things that you are excited about. I really truly don't believe in a market being oversaturated because all of us have a very unique voice and spin on things and your energy, your vibe, your way of doing things is what makes you unique is whatever your niche is. And that, that voice is what's going to make you stand out in the market from everyone else. And I share that because so many people, myself included, forget that, right? We forget our own personal power in the market. And that's really a lot of the time what will separate you from so many others, in addition to your skill, of course. But again, we really forget like our own personal power that we bring to the entrepreneurial landscape or to styling. And that holds a lot of weight and power. So again, your people are out there. They're dying to hear what you have to say. They're dying for your opinion on style. So don't let that hold you back. I truly believe that oversaturated is not a thing. Now, another myth I hear is, am I too old or am I too young to get in this industry? That is what I hear a lot of the time. Some people say, oh, well, you know, I'm too old for that. You know, people aren't going to want to listen to me or I'm too young. Like who's going to want to take my advice when I'm X, Y, Z age. And again, I got to tell you, don't let that hold you back because there is a market for everything. Uh, you know, I was watching uh, with my husband yesterday, actually, we were watching the show Frasier on Crave. And, uh, they were talking in the show. And of course this was back in the early nineties, but I, I love to, I love to watch that show back in the day. A anyway, the characters were talking about how they were so old now that they're 40. And I looked at my husband and because we're just shy of 40. And I said to him, wow, like, I really don't feel like 40 is quote unquote old. Like I just don't. But I remember back in the nineties when I was a teen thinking differently about age back then. And I feel like so much has shifted over the past 20 years, 25 years even. And I just don't feel like most people think that way anymore. Like style is so much more expansive now. I don't really feel like age is looked at as a limiting factor nowadays. And my God, there are so many people showing women, you know, over 40, 50, 60, 70, even in their eighties, 
how they are fearlessly embracing their style, how age is literally just a number and style is an attitude and showing them how they can embrace that without the old school limitations like the show Frasier was kind of talking about uh, without, you know, weighing that on our backs, so to speak. Right. And this is why I talk about it all the time. But if you guys have not still checked out the account Advanced Style, they have two books. They've got an Instagram account. That's fabulous. They have a documentary on Netflix. Go check them out. These are women. I think they're, well, I think the women are kind of based all around the world now, but it started off as women that were 60 plus based in New York, if I'm not mistaken, that were wearing this very avant-garde style, very colorful and offbeat and kind of said, screw it to the whole age dynamic. And my God, it is so inspiring. So if you're someone that's thinking like, oh, I don't know maybe I'm too old to get into this industry, even though you have a massive fire in your heart for fashion and want to help other women, you know, step outside of the box, you know, there's a major, major market for women as we mature that want to feel empowered by their body, by their clothing, and that are dying for other women to also show them how they can pave the way and feel liberated by both their age and their closet. So no, you, you, there's no such thing as being too old to get into this industry. It's not a thing. If anything, I actually think that that's a killer market right now <laughs> and something that women are really feeling very passionate about because we want to drop the old passe story that because of your age, you don't get to do things like screw that. Like it's just not, it's not a thing. And just as an example of this, I actually had a client a few years ago now. How, how long ago was this? I think it was maybe four years ago now. She was in her 90s and still wanted me to do a makeover with her. And it was so inspiring because she had all this beautiful clothing in her closet. And she just kept saying to me, Christy, I just want to feel fabulous. I just want to feel fabulous. And I thought, damn, that is so freaking inspiring. Like, I hope I am like that as well when I reach my 90s also. Like, she was just, oh, she was a firecracker. I absolutely loved her. And the same thing goes for anyone that's younger, because again, depending on how, you know, whatever your age is, again, don't let that hold you back. There are women that are becoming smarter about their purchases. They want to create a curated wardrobe that makes them feel good. And again, it doesn't have to do with age. There are markets for everyone. Everyone loves fashion. Who doesn't love fashion? Seriously. <laughs> and it's a necessity that we use in our everyday lives. So don't let age hold you back. Like, seriously, it's, it's not a thing. Now, another myth I heard is that people can just Google how to dress themselves. Now, this one I, I honestly laugh at because people can Google all sorts of things. It doesn't have to be just fashion and style. But people that also Google things, number one, I think take a lot longer to get where they need to go when it comes to fashion or anything. Uh, and there's definitely a time and place where Google can be helpful. So I'm not knocking that. Like I've definitely used Dr. Not Dr. Google, but like Google in general for like style information when I first started out and everything else. So there's a time and place. Um, but I wouldn't say that the people that lean on Google like have the best style either. <laughs> and I'm not knocking that because again, there's a time and place, but the people that invest in themselves are going to get a lot further. And I think that that's true of anything. It doesn't necessarily just come to style but also like business for health, like any time that we can look to a coach or a mentor, someone that's already has the information that we crave and that can give it to us faster with more custom tailored advice for the information that we need so we can get off the struggle bus faster. I mean, my God, why wouldn't you do that? And there's a lot of people out there that understand that. And I will also tell you that many of my clients that have come to me have said, 
oh my God, I've been Googling things for years and I got so frustrated with all of the conflicting advice. So again, you being a stylist or getting into styling, you will provide clarity to so many people because they're going to get the information that they need rather than going down the scroll hole and taking in lots of advice, which is again, not a bad thing, but it does delay the results, right? And some people never even get the results that they want, but they'll continue down that scroll hole, which is fine. But again, you provide clarity. You can help boost someone's confidence so much faster. You will save them money. You are giving them information that they can use and carry throughout their entire life. That is powerful. There's a lot of value in that. So don't discard that. So yes, everyone can Google anything nowadays, but not everyone has the time. Some people want to invest and get it faster. A lot of people know they need the custom advice, right? So again, Google is a beautiful thing, but again, if you don't know where to go or what to look at or what resonates with you or whatever, again, that's not necessarily the most helpful tool, especially when it comes to style, knowing that of course, all of our bodies, style personalities, and things that we put on our body need to be considered in different in different ways. So again, if you're looking to get into this industry and you want actual, all the detailed information you need to know as a stylist, and this was something that blew my mind when I went through styling as well, because I kind of thought it was just a cute outfit to be quite frank, <laughs> uh, you know, and I thought I could do that. But when I went through my training, I, my mind was absolutely friggin' blown. So if you want to know all the things that you should consider when styling someone, if you want to know the business back end, if you want to know how to go through sessions, whether it is virtual or in person, I would love to have you a part of this program. It is very meaty, very detailed. You also get a certificate of completion after you've done the strategic homework that's provided in the program. And I am there with you the whole way answering and guiding you in any questions that you may have. So again, early bird pricing ends this week on Friday. I will leave the link for it down in the show notes and I will see you in the next episode. Thanks for tuning in to today's episode. If you enjoyed it, I would be honored if you would leave me a review on iTunes. And if you really loved it, please be sure to share it and tag me on social media, which is at Christy Russell, to let me know. I'm always so excited to hear your thoughts. Sending you guys all the love to the moon and back, and I'll see you in the next episode.